This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Kevin Eikenberry, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too, because otherwise I'd be talking to myself, which would be kind of boring after a while, because I would I would know all the I would know all the answers to my own questions. It might work for one show. <laughs> very, very true. So before we get started, let's put you in the context for my listeners. Uh, who are you and what do you do in the world? Uh, I'm a leader. I'm a parent. I'm a father. All of those things. I'm a leader, Mark, and I help organizations. My team helps organizations and leaders make a bigger positive difference in the world. Uh, We help leaders and team members get better. Now, you have a book called The Long Distance Teammate. Um, there's this thing going on. I don't know if you heard about it or not. It started in 2020, uh, the COVID pandemic. A lot of people are working from home these days. A lot of people who've never worked from home are working from home these days. And they're like, uh, I don't know what I should do. Um, so let's dive into, you know, how we can be effective work from home people. Yeah, well, let's start right there. So the way you framed the question is part of the problem. No disrespect. Um, when we ask people today what you do, they say, well, I work from home. And I, to which I would say, well, okay, we probably already knew that, right? The question isn't, am I working from home? The question is, am I being an effective teammate? And and I need to be an effective teammate regardless of where I work, Mark. And so uh, the, here's the reality. When we change our mindset to think about this as I'm still a part of a team, we actually prefer the word teammate. But when we think about it that way, we start to change our perspective. And then the second half of your question is just because, you know, um, you were forced to or or whatever, go home to work, and we've now proven that it's viable, doesn't mean we're all doing it well, right? So we're, we're happy to, to talk to folks about how they can actually do it effectively and how they can still have a life while they're doing it effectively. Now, I... I'm an optimist and I really believe that COVID is eventually going to go away, just like the Spanish flu of 1918 went away and we will get back to some sense of normalcy. But I think this work from home thing is going to stick around because it's lowering the cost of companies from having to rent buildings and pay insurance and stuff like that. Do you agree with that? Well, first of all, I'm glad I'm not in the commercial real estate business. I'll just say that. (laughs) Uh, The second thing I'll say is that, there's all sorts of reasons why uh, the future of work will be more hybrid than it was in the past, right? There will be organizations that will take everybody back to the office and likely they will be losers because what will happen is uh, what used to be a perk, hey, I would love to be able to work from home once in a while, is going to become an a an expectation. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to set up our organizations to, hey, everyone's got to be in the office every day, we're going to lose talent and we're not going to be able to, to attract the talent that we want. So this is a trend that is going to be here forever. Um, I'm like you, I'm an optimist. It is the COVID thing is going to go away and the world will be different and the world will be better in some ways for it. And I actually believe this is one of those ways. 
Now, I don't ever want doctors to work from home and like get on FaceTime with us and say, okay, now, Kevin, what you need to do is you need to, you know, and, uh, you know, put the antiseptic on there. Okay. Get the syringe. Okay. I, I don't want that. I want to go to a hospital when I have to have surgery done. So doctors, I, I, I hate to spoil it for you, but you're not gonna be able to work from home. Uh, you need to see your patients. But for the most of us, like I was actually working from home, uh, since 2005. And I, I have a little home office here and I have my studio in my home. And so when COVID hit, I didn't really miss a beat. Now, I'm not saying those people who got forced to work from home are they're any different. It's just that you were used to doing one thing and now you have to used to doing another thing. But I, I agree with you. This is the way it's going to be. And I, I think that it's up to you. As when I say you, I mean the person who's working from home, whether you're going to be an effective or productive teammate or if you're going to be a loser and you get to choose because if you're an adult, you have to practice this word adulting and realize that when you're working, you can't go out and watch TV or go out and hang out with your friends. You have to work. And I think. Uh, depending on when you actually started working, I know some people, you know, they got forced into it. Then they went back to the office then they went back home. Then they went back to the office. Now they're back home again. I, I, I don't think the flip-flopping is serving anyone. What do you think about that? Well, I think probably not, right? There are some people that are going to want to work in, in the office and that's perfectly fine. I think the future is more flexible. The future is a hybrid, right? And, and there are, Lots of people, it, to your point about working from home since 2005, I've owned my company for 27 years, I think it is, Mark, and I've led a virtual or a hybrid team for over a decade. So, you know, we've we've figured out how to make it work for our team, and lots of people have figured that out. Um, some people are going to want to work in the office, and that's fine. What we all have to do is figure out what's going to work best for us and either find that. Or if we don't have the choice and that and we're going to work from home, we have to build new routines so we can do it successfully. Now, the question I have for you is I actually have a client that's dealing with this and the entire organization, her entire organization works from home. There are some people that shouldn't work from home because they're not disciplined. There's a couple of people on our team that they work very effectively when everyone's in the office and you can walk by to make sure Sally or Bobby is actually doing their work. But when they went home, they are not working as much. They're taking much too long on projects to respond to emails or to inter office text messages. What do you think about that? Do you think it is true that some people aren't just made for working from home? Well, I think the 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 discipline piece and the and the routine piece can all be coached. It can all be learned. Uh, so I want to talk to that part. But but in terms of are we are some people not built for working at home? I would say the bigger part of that is really more about um, personality, right? I mean, we had a epidemic of loneliness and isolation in this country, Mark, before we ever could spell COVID, and so uh, you know. That's real. 60% of people's social interaction used to be at work. And so for some people, that's a significant piece of this. But I want to go back to your initial example, which is people aren't getting their work done. They're they're late on projects. They're not returning emails or whatever. Here's the thing. It's our job as a leader to set super clear expectations about what success is. And if we've been letting people get, get by with that, so to speak, for the last 11 months, shame on us. 
right? To say that, well, the other four people are all doing it, but John's not, isn't all John's issue. Part of that is, well, everybody else knows what's expected. Why isn't John doing it? We've got to make sure John's super clear. No disrespect to anybody named John, um, is super clear on what's expected. He may be struggling with doing this from home. He may need some coaching. And ultimately, we may find that he's not, or he may decide that this isn't working for him. But we need to start with saying, uh, what are the clear expectations? How, how can we coach people to what success is? You know, that's a very good point. I actually coached another client of mine who was asking for help from other teammates. And they explained to me how they were communicating. I said, no, actually tell me, read me the email. And they read the email. I said, it's very detailed, but where is the clear direction? I need this by two o'clock on Thursday. And they go, oh, it's not there. Like, well, you said you need whatever the feedback, whatever the answer was, but you didn't give them a deadline. So, and then you're expecting them to use your word. You're expecting them to do something. Your expectations within your mind but you didn't convey that to them, but then you're getting mad at them because they're not meeting your expectations, which you weren't clear on. And so the problem is not on them. The problem is on you, what you just said. So here's the thing. Um, I, I have not seen any of your team members' job descriptions, but I guarantee that none of them say that part of their job is to read your mind. Not part of their <laughs> job description. And, and so, so, Mark, here's the thing. Uh, actually, I love that you gave that specific example because – uh, clarity on timelines is always important. It's even more important now that we're remote. Let me give you an example. And I'll, I'll give you a, a greater reason why we need to get clearer on it. Um, if if you and I are working on something together, Mark, and you say to me, hey, Kevin, I need that by Tuesday. And I deliver it to you at five o'clock Tuesday. Well, first of all, you, you and I are in a different time zone. So five o'clock for me is six o'clock for you. All right. So I delivered to you at five o'clock on Tuesday afternoon. Do I feel like I've met the commitment? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like I've met the commitment? No, because I probably wanted it earlier on Tuesday. So I could just, yeah, well (laughs) at best your answer is maybe right. And at more, more likely the answer is no. Right. So if you say, Hey, Kevin, I need that by two o'clock central time. Yes. Then First of all, I know what to shoot for. And second of all, when I do deliver it, we both know I met it. So trust is built in the relationship and in the deliverables. And even if I'm not going to make it, I now know when you need it. So hopefully I'm not sending you a note at five minutes to two saying I'm going to miss the target. But I'm sending you a note at 10 a.m. saying I'm going to miss the target by a half an hour. I hope that's not a problem. Or if you're my boss, I can say, what should I reprioritize? If this, if this is really number one, what do I need to reprioritize? Now, if that happens five times, then there may be coaching you need to give me around managing my time, right? But if it happens only once, trust can still be maintained and probably 2.30 is okay for you, right? That makes sense. Hey there, it's Mark, and I want to invite you to become a Mark Struchowski Insider and get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. 
And you brought up a really good point that I don't think people have really thought about. They know it's there, but they haven't thought about it. That even if you're in the United States, we have, what, six time zones? If you go from Puerto Rico all the way to Alaska or Hawaii. And you may be in New York City, but you may have some of the people in Houston where I'm located or in Denver and in L.A. And if you assume, if like you said, you put 2 p.m., well, what time zone? And so it goes to what we've been talking about, clarity. There, spell it out. Some companies have teammates over in the Philippines. Well, mm-hmm. that's a that's a entirely different ball game because it's like we're 15, 16 hours ahead of us. And so I think if we just take the time and say, okay, let's get super, super clear and then look at your communication and say, okay, is this crystal clear? Is there any chance that people may misunderstand this? And if you take that few seconds or minutes in the beginning, you could sell, you could save yourself a lot of heartache down the road. Not only for that interaction and that deliverable, but you're setting the stage for coaching opportunities if people are missing, right? Because if we're not doing that, and you're saying, hey, you're not meeting the commitments and the other, because let's go back to our example. From my perspective, I met it, right? So I feel like, hey, I delivered, Mark's going to be happy all is well. But if you don't feel that way, then I'm set up to be surprised by the fact that you're saying I'm not meeting my commitments, right? So all the way around, not only will we get projects done in a timely manner, not only will people get the work product that they need when they need it, uh, but we're setting the stage for better trust and better coaching when it's necessary. So other than clarity and the lack of discipline, what other mistakes do people make when they are working from home? Well, let me ask everyone who's listening this question, Mark, because I've asked literally hundreds of people this question in the last year. Uh, what are you doing with your commute time? Your former commute time. Now for the average American, that's 27 minutes each way. You're in Houston. It's longer than that. All right. But the, for the, not for you, it's down the hall, right? But that's the point. The question I ask is what are you doing with your commute time? And more than 50% of the people are saying, well, I'm using it to work. And my next question is, are you getting more done? The answer is, well, not necessarily, or not that I can tell. So that should concern us as individuals, and that could, should, should concern us as leaders. Because if our folks are getting the same work done but taking longer to do it, that's not helping them personally. It's not giving them the flexibility that we should be gaining from this remote working world. And it's cutting into their work-life balance. We could have a whole conversation just about that, Mark. But I would say that we need to be thinking about productivity and we need to realize that productivity has a numerator and a denominator. It's not output. It's output per unit of time. And too many people are spending too much time working. There's not enough, there's not enough friction between the, between the work and the non-work. The laptop is always right there, for example. And so uh, one of the things that we all need to be doing is being more conscious about creating new routines. Because before we had one, we had to go get in the car, we had to go get on the mass transit. And there was a transition from being at home to being at work. And for many of us, that doesn't exist anymore. So we must create the routines that can help us be successful and separate the two. 
That is very interesting because, uh, like you mentioned, when I go to work, it's literally down the hall. And if me and the dog are in the hallway at the same time, that's a traffic jam. But (laughs) I remember I had a client a number of years ago. This is, you know, pre-COVID. And they would always be trying to work whenever they had a moment. And so they would be working in the car when they're going from appointment to appointment. They would be working at the office. And and they were getting very stressed, very overwhelmed, very frustrated. And so I said, well, I want you to try something. When you get in the car and you go from point A to point B, because they were they were like a salesman. They had to go from point to point. I said, yep. why don't you put your phone on Do Not Disturb, keep the radio off, and just try it for a couple of days just to go quietly. Just, just, just humor me. Let's see how it works at the end of like, I think they did it for three days. They go, Oh my gosh, I got to a new appointment. I felt so clear. I wasn't trying to make phone calls and try to navigate traffic and their overwhelm went down because they, you need to have time where you can just relax. Now, how does that work in when you work from home? You can't sit in front of the computer for eight, nine, 10 hours at a time. You have to get up. You have to stretch your legs. I don't care if you walk around the block, take the dog for a walk or whatever. You have to break up the monotony because there's, uh, we have Zoom fatigue now. We have laptop fatigue, all these things because we were never meant to sit in front of devices our entire day. And, and I tell people, if you want to be really effective from working from home, if you work the corporate environment, you get up occasionally, you go to the break room, you go to the water cooler, you walk outside for smoke, whatever you do those things. But people are, what I'm seeing, people are not doing that as much when they're working from home and now they're suffering the fatigue and the overwhelm. What say you? Well, that's true. And there's a bunch of things that we could unpack in what you just said, but let's just say that you got to get up. Let's just think about this physically, right? If we're just sitting, um, it's not good for us physically. So one of the things that I do um, is when I have phone calls rather than Zoom calls, I walk. And I may just walk around our office. Our office is a house, but it's not the house I live in. And I, I put in on headset and I walk around the office while I'm on the call. So that that 30 minutes, I had one of those half an hour ago, right? That 30 minutes, I'm not sitting. I'm st- In that case, I'm still working, but I'm not sitting. So we have to figure out this, you know, during COVID-19, a lot of put a, people have put on their COVID-15 pounds, <laughs> right? And so, or, or whatever the number is, but the reality, and, and you don't notice it, by the way, Mark, when you're only wearing stretchy pants, apparently. <laughs> um, so look in the mirror and realize that maybe you need to lose the LBs. But the point is that we've got to take care of our bodies. And that's a small part of it. Your point about taking care of our minds by having some quiet time, by having some time to reflect, by not trying to work every single minute. Now, I'm a big believer in having tasks that you know you can do in five minutes or 10 minutes to use that time. But that doesn't mean that every five minutes and every 10 minutes all day needs to be stuffed with one more thing. Because we, what I've been saying to people, Mark, is that self-care isn't selfish, we got to take care of ourselves. If we don't take care of ourselves, we can't be successful in our work, in our families, with our spouses, whatever. Self-care is not selfish. I love that. That's that's a tweetable for you right there. Okay, so we're two months into Q1. I want you to look at your crystal ball. What do you think we're going to see in Q2 and Q3 of 2021 in terms of working from home? 
Well, it's so interesting that uh, Monday I recorded a course for LinkedIn Learning that's all about preparing for a remote, or excuse me, preparing for a hybrid work environment. And the it's courses on what they call ultra fast track. So, like in a week, it's going to be out, and people can go find it if you're in LinkedIn Learning. Uh, and we were talking about that very thing. And in the title is my answer. In the next quarter or two, people need to start thinking about what is our work future going to be, right? It's a little different in different states about where people are on that continuum. But as we said earlier, the future probably isn't 100% remote for many organizations. And the future probably isn't everyone back in the office in many organizations. The answer is somewhere in between and in what we would call a hybrid working environment, Mark. And the problem or the challenge with that is everybody knows what go to the office means and everyone now knows what working from home means. But hybrid could look very different for different organizations. We've sort of identified sort of six options for what hybrid looks like. But for me to guess who and how many are going to be doing which thing, I think that would be folly. All I'll say is the future of work looks more hybrid than it's ever looked before. Hey, I now have an affiliate program where you can earn up to 30% commission just for referring people to my paid program. To find out more, go to MrProductivity.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link. And I agree with that. And I think it's very interesting what is going to be coming down the pike. Uh, last week uh, here in Houston, the state of Texas, we had a, win- a very rare winter storm. We had power outages and, and crazy stuff. I mean, there's snow on the sand of the beach in Galveston. It was crazy. Um, I what- saw the pictures and my sister lives on the north side of Houston. So I heard some of the stories as well. Yeah. Here's the thing. Life is going to happen, whether it's a winter storm or COVID or something else. Look at life is going to happen. And if you think that you get into a groove and okay, if it just stays this way, it's going to be perfect. I mean, look, I would love it to have it be 75 degrees year round with sunny skies in Houston, but the grass needs to be watered and we're going to get storms. It's going to get cold. Um, you have to be able to adapt. You have to understand that the longer you live on life, the more change you're going to see. And the people who come out better the other side are the ones that say, okay, this is unexpected. How can I show up my best this way? Complaining, dwelling, moaning, and groaning. That doesn't solve the problem. So I just want to impress upon people that life is going to throw you curveballs all the time. And it's just how you react to it. Like you, like you created this course for LinkedIn and how you deal with uh, remote work. It's just, okay, you, you're given a set of circumstances. Okay. How do I, how do I take the ball and run with it? You know, here's the thing. The thing is that um, whenever we look at a situation, most of us try to immediately decide, is this good or is this bad? When the truth is it's too early to tell, right? And what most of us do is say, if, if it's something like COVID, oh, this is bad. Maybe. Are there bad things about it? Of course, right? I'm not trying to discount any of that. But have there been good things that have come as a result and that will come as a result? 100%. And just like we said earlier about the choices that we have, the choice about how we view the situation that we're in has a lot to say with how flexible, adaptable, and successful we'll be through it and after it. Mm. 
Very, very good stuff. Well, you've given us a lot to think about, uh, Kevin. Uh, we're going to take a break from that right now, and we're going to switch over to something I call Mic Swap, which you said you're game for. This is an opportunity where my guest gets to be the temporary host of the Mark Stucheski podcast. It keeps me sharp, and uh, I'm pretty sure it entertains the audience because I literally have no que- no idea what questions Kevin is going to ask. So, Kevin, the show is now yours. Well, Mark, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I close my podcast with every week, the Remarkable Leadership Podcast, with my guests. So here they are. Mark, so what are you reading these days, Mark? Well, I read the Bible every day. I'm also reading the Blue Ocean Strategy. Uh, I can't say the guy's names. I don't have the book right in front of me. That is a fantastic book. I also have just ordered two the latest two books from adam grant i read his book give and take fantastic book Mm -hmm. and so i ordered the originals and something about thinking i I literally can't remember what the title is but those are my answers perfect now the only thing i'm disappointed in that is that you didn't say well kevin i'm reading the long distance teammate but that's okay i'll let you buy on that (laughs) so here's my other question for you um what do you do mark for fun Oh, great question. Well, I run every day and I don't run because I have to. I run because I enjoy it. So I read a book last year called The 5 a.m. Club from Robin Sharma. And it's about obviously getting up at five o'clock in the morning. But one thing he talks about in the book, which I didn't do until Christmas 2020, was he says, get up and move, elevate your heart, break in elevate your heart rate and break into a cold, uh, break into a sweat first thing in the morning. I wasn't doing that. I started doing it Christmas day. It's been game changer for me because what I would do is I get out of bed. I'm half awake. I'm trying to read my Bible, trying to read the book, trying to read my, you know, plan my day and whatnot. But when I go run for 30 minutes at five 15 in the morning, I'm more focused and have a better clarity to do the reading and do the planning. And so I do that for fun. I also, my wife and I also like watching TV and yes, I'm a productivity guy and there's nothing wrong with watching TV as long as you earn the right. So if you have a good productive day, no problem watching TV, but if you goof off all day, then you shouldn't watch TV. So I think uh, TV is something you should be earned. So that's what I do for fun. Perfect. Well, those are my two questions. And so I'll swap the mic back to you. Well, I really appreciate it. Well, I want to, I want to, I want to ask you one additional question. What are you reading uh, this day? Uh, Well, like you, I've got podcast guests all the time. I've just been finishing a book called Connect. uh, Oh, i got to read that one. It's on my pile. (laughs) Connect, Building Exceptional Relationships with Family, Friends, and Colleagues. It's written by David Bradford and Carol Robin, who are two of the folks that built the famous uh, Stanford MBA course on uh, interpersonal relationships. Uh, I just had them on with me live the other day. They were fantastic. The book is fantastic. I've always got several things going on. I'm also reading a book uh, by the guy who who came up with Bulletproof Coffee, the entrepreneur, and Bulletproof, the Bulletproof Diet, a new book about fasting. It's another okay. thing. I can't tell you the title because my wife stole it from me a couple of <laughs> days ago. Uh, but uh, that's another thing. I've always got multiple things that I'm reading as well. Me too. And it's so funny you mentioned the connect because that's in my pile because up until this year, what I was doing is saying, I'm going to read 52 books every year. Okay. I don't care what I read. I'm just going to read. I just want to end it, add another line on my, you know, my, my list of books I've read. And then I heard Robin Sharma said, okay, is it the quality or the quantity? So now I'm being very, very 
cognizant of what books I read. So I've got a small pile in my room of books I'm going to read. Connect is on there uh, because I'm not reading just to put another list, another book on my ledger. I'm reading because I really want to become a better person. And so I'm actually reading slower now. I was trying to read through the books so fast. I wasn't marking them up. So I, I wasn't, check it off, right? Yeah. And I'm like, that is so silly. What are you doing that for, Mark? So now I'm slowing down and I'm like the, the Blue Ocean Strategy. Have you read that book yet? I have. Yep. Uh, incredible book. I mean, every page I'm like, I'm underlining, underlining. It's like, I don't want to be in the red ocean. I want to be in a blue ocean where, you know, there's lots of uh, uh, possibilities there. So I love reading. And I tell you, if someone could pay me a million dollars a year and they say, all you have to do is read the book and write a blog post, I would be happy because I love reading. I didn't like reading when I was a kid, but now I can't stop reading. Can I just give everybody another tip here? Because I, I talk to lots of people that say, uh, when they talk about reading, and I think they have First of all, your point is a great one. It's not about how many I've read. It's what it's what the book has done to me or for me, right? Not about how many I read. But another thing that I think people get locked in is on is, well, I'm reading this book, but it's not very good. Well, why are you still reading it? You should read <laughs> it to serve you. Uh, now, if your mother wrote a book, read every word, okay? <laughs> but um, and of course, read my books all the way through. No, but no, but seriously, the point is, the book should serve you. So if you need to read three chapters, read those three chapters. Maybe later there's other parts. Or maybe you feel like, hey, after I'm four chapters in, they're just saying more of the same thing. Stop. There's no, there's no reading police. There's no, <laughs> there's no right answer here, right? Don't feel bad about that. And if you do have a challenge with that, and, and if you also have a challenge with writing in them or marking in them like you and I don't, Get over that too. Books should in we should be enjoy them. They should they should help us. They should serve us, not become something that we have a bunch of rules governing us. And you talk about a good value. You think you spend you know fifteen twenty five dollars for a book. You are getting so much information that if that author sat down with you for that length of time, you'd pay them thousands of dollars. So I think in terms of the ROI, it's tremendous value. And I don't think people look at that. They look at the pretty cover and they go, that's nice. And they never open the book. Uh, I think it's tragic when someone buys a book and doesn't open it. I'm like, why did you buy the book then? Because it's not going to do you any good sitting on your bookshelf. And it sounds like you agree with me on that. You know, you can't lay it on your pillow and get it by osmosis. You just can't. Very true. Well, the final question I have for you, sir, is where can we go find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Well, there's a lot. If you can spell my name, Kevin Eikenberry, you can find me and you can certainly go to KevinEikenberry.com, Mark. It's where sort of the hub for all, all the things about our business. Today, we've talked about the long distance teammate. So you can go to longdistanceteammate.com. And I'd love to hear from you on LinkedIn. Feel free to reach out there, connect with me and say, hey, I, I heard you on Mark's show. I'd love to be connected with you on LinkedIn as well. And uh, my long distance teammate is in the kitchen. So it's about a, a 20 second walk. So, but uh, I, I think what the book you have is in incredible because you need to understand that you're going to have people in other time zones or around the world and you need to know how to communicate with them clearly. So Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been an absolute thrill. It was my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski Podcast. I really hope it served you well today. Now head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com. Sign up to be a free Mark Stucheski Insider. Get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. Absolutely free. It's my gift to you. And until tomorrow, my friend, go be productive.